You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided and Pro Football Weekly, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Friday, a little bit later than I normally post these because we had to accommodate the guest today. I promised you a guest I wanted to deliver on that guest, and this time of year, Dane Brugler from NFL Draft Scout, the best NFL Draft resource and one of the best, smartest NFL Draft evaluators that you will find online, he is on the show today, and I wanted to make sure I brought you that interview. I had to be flexible for him because, as I said, he's a busy guy because he's good at this. He's smart, and this is his time of year. This is when he shines. So we will have that conversation in just a little bit. But first, I wanted to start with a little bit of news, maybe the wrong way to put it. But we we saw a report this week from Tony Pauline, one of the best draft guys out there, about the Packers and their draft targets. And it looks like at 14, according to him, they're down to Minka Fitzpatrick and Josh Jackson. And one of the interesting things about those being the targets is in that blurb that that Tony wrote, he mentioned hybrid safety corners. And, And the fact that he put Jackson in that mix is interesting. And I think it's interesting because Jackson's best skill is his ability to read quarterbacks and make plays on the ball. And while that is a great skill for a zone corner to have, he's not an experienced man corner, not press man, not the way that Mike Patton wants to play. And so despite his size and and being able to fit the mold of of a press man corner, that is not necessarily what he's adept at doing. And so what they could do instead is say, you are going to play a rover safety type role. And that could be a a very intriguing way of playing him. And in fact, I will go a step further and say it is probably the role Demarius Randall should have played all along because his best skill as a former safety was reading and reacting. Now, the problem with both of those players and, and those positions is they're not great tacklers. And Josh Jackson would have to become a better tackler to be what we call an overhang defender. But I think you could play him deep. I think that would be a great role. That turns out to be where Micah Hyde was best suited to play. And I think for similar reasons, that would be a great place for Josh Jackson. One of the things in in the discussions this week about the new defense, HaHa Clinton Dick said the priority is no big plays, no deep passes. I think we will see two deep safeties on a regular basis. Could he excel in that way? He's got great speed, great athleticism. And if there's two deep safeties, his tackling is a little bit less of a problem if he's playing back there because you've got two last line of defense defenders. Minka Fitzpatrick, obviously much more experience 
in being that that single high defender, being that two deep defender, playing in the slot as a corner, which is where he has done a lot of his work. I think Minka Fitzpatrick would be an ideal candidate at 14 if he's available. That's something that we'll talk to Dane about. Uh, a top five, top six, seven player who potentially could fall to 14. And in that blurb also was a bit from Tony that Denzel Ward is in fact the number one draft target of the Green Bay Packers. That makes sense. He's a player that I have advocated the Packers go up and get at various times during this offseason. I don't know that they would even need to get up that far if they can get to nine to San Francisco, maybe they only have to give up a day two pick to get there. You know, we'll see what the situation is, but that is certainly a player I'm, I'd be willing to go up and get. I don't think they would have to. Uh, but again, that's that's a player I'm going to talk about with Dane and and talk about the potential of a trade-up. So that, that is, I don't think we should take that report as gospel necessarily, the Packers have not been very forthcoming in the past about who is a draft target and who is not, but all three of those guys fit the mold of the kinds of players that they'll look for. They're all big enough. They're all they're all fast enough. They all have the change of direction ability you look for. Um, I, I think if we're talking about the order in which I would want those three players, it's it's very clearly Ward, Fitzpatrick, and Jackson to me, and and the tiers, you know, Ward and Fitzpatrick are in a tier of their of their own because they're top five, top ten players, whereas Jackson is really more uh, in the teens. But I, I, you know, I don't think Packer fans should get bogged down in saying I want one of these three guys or it's a failure. No, I've said this over and over. You have to know what the board is giving you, and be willing to say I have to I have to take this as it is breaking. Because you're not in control of what the other 31 teams are doing. Before we get to Dane, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. This is a great time of year to get in on all of the content that they have before the draft. There'll be a bunch more content, I'm sure, after the draft about fit and all of the the data that they have using it and extrapolating out with new teams. That will all be there. And... There's never too soon to start fantasy football prep. They have so much information that that you can have that is normally behind the paywall. $39.99 to get this information, to get access to all of the great stuff that they have behind their paywall. Let me help you get behind that paywall by putting your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. All right, let's get to Dane Brugler. He is a senior NFL draft analyst for NFL Draft Scout. You can find him on Twitter at DP Brugler. He's a great follow. His NFL draft guide, you're talking about 450 in-depth scouting reports. I want to thank everyone that got the Cheesehead TV draft guide. That is a Packer-centric guide. This is everything. There's so much information in here. That is pinned to the top of his Twitter profile. Go find that. And support good work. I say it over and over. It, it, if you like good content, support it monetarily. Vote with your dollars, please. Hey, Dane, thanks for joining Lockdown Packers. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. So this is the, the highest Green Bay has been picking in a long time. Uh, they have not had a chance to, to get any top-tier prospects um, basically in the last 10 years. So this is new ground for them. 
if you got to make the pick at 14, uh, who are the names that you would be looking at to try and improve this roster? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, you're picking just outside the top 10. And so uh, the quarterbacks, we know how many are, how many are going to go top 10. Is it going to be four? Could it be five? Uh, you know, you're hoping for more quarterbacks to go early, pushing good players to you. And so I think you just have to monitor the board uh, to see how it plays out. Uh, you might have a player you believe is a, a top three player in this draft fall to pick eight, pick nine. And that's where you really need to consider, okay, do we package a pick to go up and get our guy if we really believe in him that much? And so uh, I think regardless, you, you know, you feel good about uh, the player you're going to get at 14, but at the same time, you do have to watch what happens in the first uh, first half of that top 10 to see how things might play out. I'm looking at pass rusher. I'm looking at secondary. Uh, you know, if a Minka Fitzpatrick, who you know, kind of just and that's what I was just talking about, who I believe is a top five player in this draft. If he were to start to fall to me, uh, that's going to be awfully enticing. Uh, do I sit there at 14 and hope he falls a little farther? Uh, you know, does he get past the Redskins at 13, some of the other teams picking in front of me? Uh, or do I make a move up to go get him? Uh, do I wait on a, a Harold Landry or Marcus Davenport? Uh, there's so many options uh, for them here. I, I think I'd stay put at 14, and I think I'm going to get a good uh, get a good player, whether that's Minka Fitzpatrick or one of those pass rushers I mentioned. Uh, Harold Landry will be awfully tough to pass on there. Yeah, there's no question. There are a lot of a lot of Packer fans that are are basically pass rusher or bust at 14. And I, that just doesn't seem like a smart way to, to approach any any draft pick yeah. because, you know, as you said, they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of good players who could be there uh, at 14. There was a report yesterday or, or two days ago that Denzel Ward is the Packers' preferred option, but he is not likely to be there at 14. Is he the kind of player in your mind, you mentioned a trade-up scenario and Minka Fitzpatrick, is Denzel Ward a player? that you would be willing to move up and get given his talent, given his position, et cetera. Absolutely. Uh, and he's number five overall in my board, uh, a player who isn't the biggest. He's 5'11", uh, but really that's the main knock on him is he doesn't have ideal size, but he's so fluid as an athlete, uh, very twitchy. Uh, the He plays sticky coverage, and so he, he forces quarterbacks – to be pinpoint accurate if they're going to complete the pass because he just understands uh, how you know what the receiver is trying to do and what he needs to do to really close down passing lanes. Uh, and so it's I was really encouraged. You saw him at Ohio State last year in the opener. Simi Cobbs for Indiana got on him a little bit, and then the rest of the season he really closed it down. Uh, did an outstanding job. So uh, he doesn't necessarily fit maybe the traditional mold of what the Packers have usually looked for in a corner. Usually they, they want for the, you know, the bigger, longer guys, but Denzel Ward, he's the type of corner that you kind of bypass uh, some of those uh, measurables you usually look for. And, you know, there's a new general manager or, you know, a new head decision maker now in Green Bay. So, you know, I know he came up through uh, the Green Bay system, but at the same time, you never know, he might have a different way of thinking uh, of uh, certain positions. And Denzel Ward, to me, one of the top five players in this draft, uh, he'd absolutely be in that mix that I'd be considering going up to get. Let me back up just one one second on on this draft because 
the Packers in the offseason made a move that will will affect this class. They swapped picks with the Browns in that Demarius Randall, Deshaun Kaiser trade, and they'll now have the first pick of the fourth and fifth rounds. But more than that, I want to go back to a year ago at this time and where you stood on Deshaun Kaiser, what you thought his talent level was and where you thought that his strengths and weaknesses were, because I know that's a player the Packers fans saw in a game, his probably his best game last year, frankly, was against the Packers. Where were you on him as a prospect and, and where do you see him you know, fitting in if he were in, let's say, this year's class? Yeah, I, I really liked Kaiser last year as a, a developmental quarterback, a, a player that uh, you, know, you should consider in the first round. Um, and then he falls all the way to, to 52, uh, I believe, overall is what, where he was. I think on, on my final board last year, he was somewhere like 29, 30, something around there. Um, but a player that was very young. Uh, you know, he needed a lot of work. There was no question about it. And so he was pressing the action from day one. Uh, with the Browns, uh, just a young guy. He was only 21 years old, and so there were a lot of hiccups, and that should be expected, really, for uh, a redshirt sophomore who came out early from Notre Dame. Um, he, he showed a lot of flashes, but really, I mean, his final season at Notre Dame, he threw 58% completions. So, I mean, a guy that's still very young, and he, you know, the, when you see him uh, as a rookie, you saw gradual improvement. Um, I don't know how much help he got from the coaching staff. I don't know how much help he got from his supporting cast. Uh, there are a lot of issues going on in Cleveland, obviously. But when you just break down the player and the skill set that he has, uh, there's a lot to like. And not just who he is right now, but who he's going to be. Uh, and I think that's really what you're looking at. Uh, a player you can develop, a player that has things that you can work with. Uh, as long as he can speed up uh, kind of what he's seeing out there, uh, you know, breaking down the coverages, understanding, uh, just developing that better chemistry with his receivers so the receiver's not waiting for the football to arrive. If he could just speed things up a little bit, uh, and I think that's possible once he you know, really is comfortable with the speed of the game at the NFL level, once that uh, the mental processor speeds up a little bit, I think he will be fine. I think he'll be able to compete for starter reps at some point in his career. So for the Packers, I, you know, I think it's, uh, it's a solid trade for them because they're getting a, a good young player they can develop. Well, and and before that trade, there were a lot of Packer fans who thought, you know, the, the failures of Brett Hundley uh, made it necessary even to to take a quarterback in this draft. And now it seems like they don't have to do that. Would you would you agree essentially with that assessment that the presence of Deshaun Kaiser, he is now their their developmental quarterback and they don't need to worry about spending a top hundred pick on uh, whether it's a backup or a de- developmental guy. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is uh, this is a competition league. You know, you want to bring in guys uh, that are going to compete and push who's ever in front of them on the depth chart, and especially at the most important position in sports. And so bringing in a Deshaun Kaiser, uh, who's going to, you know, you, you would hope uh, is going to push for that backup role, uh, you know, competing with a Brett Hundley, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, to me, Deshaun Kaiser, if he went, goes back for his uh, junior year at Notre Dame, you know, and then is up and down and is in the, in this draft, well, what you gave up for him this year, uh, you know, is not a considerable uh, pick. You know, I mean, you gave up the player, but uh, in terms of draft picks, you didn't invest a lot of capital in him. And so uh, I, I think, yeah, I think Deshaun Kaiser, you, you let training camp work these things out, but I think you are optimistic that Deshaun Kaiser can be – uh, you know, I don't know about the future, but at least a guy that you feel comfortable developing and a guy you uh, hope can take over that backup role. 
Yeah. One of the things that I had uh, Chris Trapasso on here a couple weeks ago, and we talked about the drop off in this draft and and where where we saw that drop off to be, because I think there are a lot of Packer fans who look at uh, myself included, look at 12 picks and and look at this roster and say, OK, where do those guys go? And so if they can't roster all of these guys, where does it make sense to move up to use some of those picks to get into range. And, and what I suggested was, you know, somewhere in the fifties, sixties, that seemed to be where the, the big talent drop-off came. Um, if you were, if you were going to put a, a sort of a range on it, where would you say, you know, you look at obviously the first round you're looking for, for starters, potentially big time starters, second round, third round, you're talking about starters, rotation level players. Where is that, that talent cutoff for you? Yeah, and I think it's tough because it, it really varies by position. Um, it, you know, certain positions are stronger than others, obviously. Um, and, you know, you need uh, a corner. I think you can find corners deeper into the draft this year, wide receivers especially. Uh, and, I mean, your listeners know the Packers have 12 picks. No other team has 12 picks in this draft. Uh, and it's highly, highly unlikely they'll pick all 12. So, yeah, to what you're saying, uh, I, I think they need to monitor certain positions. You know, how many corners – go off the board in the top 50 you know how many wide receivers where's that run on those positions is it going to be somewhere on day two um and, and then who's going to end up seeing a fall because in with the Packers they have that first pick on day three which is going to be a valuable pick you know whenever you have that first pick on a new day of the draft it's always valuable uh when teams go home set up their boards um and so I think they have some extra value in those picks if they would possibly move uh that first pick in the fourth round uh, to go up and and get another guy, but if we had to you know, really cut it off, I, I think it, you you're probably doing it somewhere. I, my guess would be around eighty, pick eighty. I think you know you have the top tier guys in this draft, and then I think you have a middle tier, and then I think you have somewhere between forty and eighty are similar in, in talent overall. I don't think there's a huge drop off there, but after you get past eighty, that's where I think you start to see uh, you know falling off a little bit more and more. Uh, going from potential starters to guys that maybe could start one day, but maybe more uh, depth players and backup. All right, so I'll, I'll get you out of here on this. If if you could sort of wave the wand and say this would be the top three, you know, you're talking about 14, 45, and 76. If the Packers came out of the first two days of the draft with these three guys – that would be the optimum situation for them. And we're talking about realistically speaking here. Sure. Um, so not Quentin Nelson, Mika Fitzpatrick, and Bradley Chubb is what you're saying. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so I think uh, realistically speaking, Harold Landry uh, getting that pass rusher uh, again, you know, they don't shouldn't lock in on that position, but, uh, you know, see who might follow them, how the you know top 12, top 13 picks work how they fall. Uh, but I think Harold Landry, definitely uh, a strong possibility there uh, in the second round. Um, I, you know, I think right where the Packers are picking is where maybe that, that wide receiver run starts. And I think DJ Chark uh, could bring that speed, that explosiveness uh, that they really are lacking in the Packers offense. A guy that could take the top off the defense, uh, stretch out the secondary, open up underneath routes, um, you know, he's, he averaged 22 yards per catch his senior year at LSU. I think you know, bringing that explosiveness to uh, Green Bay would be a big help. And then in the third round, uh, okay, we got our pass rusher, got a receiver. What about Quentin Meeks from Stanford? 
a guy that might not have, uh, you know, the elite size speed combo, but he's very smart. You, you see the ball skills. Uh, you see some versatility with what he brings, uh, has some bloodlines. The Packers love bloodlines. So I, I think with, if those three uh, picks work out that way, I think you address three big needs and, you know, you feel good about the players you got in those spots. The Packers traditionally also love Pac-12 defenders. That's just like one of those things. Yeah. Um, Dane, where can people find uh, more of the, the excellent work that you do? Uh, NFLDraftScout.com and the best way uh, also is just on Twitter at DP Brugler. I've got my draft guide, uh, the link for that pinned at the top, uh, over 450 reports uh, for you in there. So if you're interested in the NFL draft, uh, I promise you will not be disappointed by that. I can confirm what Dane is saying. One of the best in the business. <laughs> Dane, I appreciate you taking the time today. Anytime. Thanks, Peter. You are listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything new across the NFL with Locked On NFL and Locked On NFL Draft. I'd like to thank Dane once again for joining the program again at DP Brugler on Twitter. That draft guide is there for you. Please support it, support Dane, and support good quality content. We will be back next week, Monday, Wednesday. We will preview the upcoming draft, talk about strategies, talk about potential outcomes, and then Thursday night after round one, we will have a breakdown show that will go out late Thursday night. Friday night, same deal, rounds two and three. I will have breakdowns. That'll be a normal length show, 20 to 25 minutes. And then Saturday afternoon, evening, somewhere in there, We'll have another show to talk about day three. And then the Monday after, so a week from this upcoming Monday, we will do a full breakdown of the draft, sort of take it in its big picture essence. And then following that, basically a recap. The next couple shows, recaps of where this team is after an offseason of turmoil and of free agent pursuits for the first time in a long time. So all of that will be coming up. A lot more to get to. Remember, follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. So much content at Pro Football Weekly on AcmePackingCompany.com and Fansided.com. Check out all of that stuff so that you can best stay Locked on Packers.